My name is Mark Viquez, and this is the Ballpark Hunter Podcast, a weekly show that discusses topics at the ballpark from the game day experiences, stadium news, logo changes, and everything else that's brewing at the game. We cover it all from the baseball to the beer. Invite you to stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Mark Viquez, the Ballpark Hunter. Welcome to the Ballpark Hunter podcast. With me today is John Lorkey, General Manager of the Alaska Gold Panners of the Alaskan Baseball League and probably uh, most famous for the Midnight Sun game that takes place every year. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's nice to nice to meet you, Mark. Look forward to talking to you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I realized something when I did this podcast. Alaska is uh, about four hours ahead of me. They're past California time. So, or yeah, I'm ahead yeah, of them we're, California we're time. We're just one o'clock here, right? You're four hours ahead. So, yeah. We're four we're hours ahead. And I think John, uh, yeah. I think John realized that Indiana is not on the central time zone, which <laughs> not the first person to say that. So, <laughs> one day, one day we'll figure out the time here in Indiana, but let's worry about that another time. Uh, so, John, I've uh, never been to Alaska. I've been to all 49 states. Everybody tells me about the Midnight Sun game. Uh, how truly spectacular is, is attending that game? It sounds amazing. I've had a few friends who went, but tell me from your experience being up there all these years. Yeah, it's just a special night. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the game, you know, predates our organization. You know, you go back to 1906, and we came around in 1960. Um, I first got involved with summer baseball up here in 1980 and then just full, full featured with the gold panners just in the last six years. But the, uh, yeah, it's quite an event. I mean, the whole town comes out, you got people from all over the world that are here and you're starting a baseball game at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're not going to mess with any lights at all. Cause the sun's up and hopefully it's not a cloudy night and it, it can be even better, but it's, it's, yeah, you know, you got 3000 plus people in the seats and, it's just everybody's having a good time. Yeah, no, it definitely uh, definitely sounds like it. I had a friend who just happened to be there just visiting Alaska, and she just happened to check out the game. And she's <laughs> like, oh, I, I got to tell Mark. I wonder if he's ever done this. And I said, no, I've never done that. You actually have participated in some kind of baseball park that uh, have have never quite been to yet. So uh, I guess uh, my other question is, do you play other nights where you start the game later? Like, or do you no, just do this one late? We'll play, we'll just play your typical evening games, you know, seven, seven 30, that kind of stuff uh, and be done, you know, typical, but no, that's the one game where, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to sing the Alaska flag yeah. song at midnight. We're going to pause the game at a half inning. We're going to sing the Alaska flag song to the whole crowd. And that's not corny or hokey or anything like that. It's just everybody singing it. And it's, it's, it's really cool. It, it's, yeah. it's a fun night. Now, do you ever need the lights for any of your night games during the summer? We don't. These lights wow. haven't been hooked. There was some disagreement that, that goes way back to like 03 or something. I wouldn't even know. They are not capable of being turned on. We don't need them. Really? I mean, there's they're there. But now there was some disagreement that happened. And this guy, you're, yeah, I, I don't know what. But but we don't even, we don't need them. We don't use them. So, and if I was to try and turn them on that night, I get lynched. You get lynched. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We well, the whole thing about the game is don't use artificial lights. So, 
No, no, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I never even thought about that, that you would not need lights at all. No. Oh, no, wow, not then. You know, you start you know, on the end of July and then kind of the first week of August is starting to get a little bit in that, you know, 10 o'clock hour, but not not June and July in the least. Mm. You know, I you know, you think you know everything about baseball <laughs> and then somebody tells you, yeah, we we don't need the lights. What are you talking about? Yeah, and that's something else. It's like oh. it's like the old Wrigley, you know, everything. Yeah. except you're, you're playing not playing game. You're not playing day games. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Cause I, I think the furthest I've ever been up North is Edmonton, Alberta. And I think it was 1030 at night. It was still light. I thought that was amazing. And, and you guys would be maybe done with an inning by even that more, time. Yeah. Even more extreme. Yeah. By that time. So yeah, I, I did have a chance to go to Alaska about 15 years ago. I opted to go to Seattle and maybe I should have taken that trip to uh, Alaska because next time next, well, you know, it's just, it got to wait for those rent-a-car prices to get down. I'm not paying. <laughs> like I heard Alaska didn't have any rent -car, uh, rental cars last summer. Yeah, we were all faced with that. Like, there was what? a lot of people that came up for the game. And, well, and you got, you know, you have players, you know, just about everybody's from the lower 48. So, yeah, um, I hope you've heard that term before. Lower <laughs> but, 48, you know, yes. Yeah, you see that. And, then, you know, you got a guy who's kids playing up here for the summer and they want to come up and watch yeah. him, especially at that game. And yeah, they couldn't find a rental car. It was people were scrambling. Now, did you guys step in and say, "Hey, we'll drive you from the airport or your hotel to"? Oh yeah, we did all that. Yeah, because yeah, our players stay with 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 families. Yeah, you have to uh, around the community. So yeah, they were helping out a lot and doing what they could. We had, you know, we've got six or seven vehicles amongst our players to get help them get around for the summer. So I'm Thank sure you. that yeah, we figured it out. Nice, nice. It's a pretty giving town that way. I hear you. So just to let some of the, the my uh, listeners know, uh, Summer Collegiate Baseball League, guys have about yeah. six teams in the league. and uh, We how... actually play an independent schedule. Oh, an independent um, schedule. Yeah, we chose, um, uh, we chose to do that in the fall of 15 to play independent in 16. Uh, that raised some animosity, and uh, mm -hmm. we'd done it before, but this time it obviously had a worse effect. <laughs> <laughs> on the other guys and and they're not too happy with that and uh, so they really don't want to come up to Fairbanks right now and so we just rise above it and and bring up teams from you know all over we've got last summer we had teams coming up here from Boulder or from South Carolina mm -hmm. uh, from Utah California Washington so we'll put together um, six visiting teams one of them will be the team from Kenai down you know south in alaska mm -hmm. um so and then we'll have five other teams from the um uh, from what we call the lower 48 so you guys don't play anybody from alaska then we do we play the kenai team the kenai that's it we will yeah. play them we opened up at their place last year and they're going to return the favor and they'll be okay. our home opener uh this year so you said you had a team from south carolina how, how did how did that come about to get a team from that they far do away? the christian based team and and i don't know i just got an email Okay. Got an email one day from Joe Hudak, uh, and uh, we just started talking. And he he's run this club for years, um, and it was good. They were competitive. It was really good. They were our last uh, home series last year. Now, now Hudak, that I just found out that was my uh, great grandmother's maiden name. So, oh really? I wonder if there's a connection there from uh, Slovakia now. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm just like, oh, I hear that name Hudak. I'm like, wait a minute, know that name. So. Anyway, uh, oh, okay. So independent baseball league, uh, 
why go with an independent schedule? Well, in 15, it was a year before I uh, took over the presidency. I'm the, just the general manager now. But um, in the fall of 15, they just did it to save some money. Uh, a little oh, bit, uh, you know, less trips toward toward Anchorage. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a, a large schedule. It still allowed us to to go to Wichita at the end of the summer. Yes. Uh, for uh, that NBC tournament there, which we've been back to a couple times since. Uh, and, and, you know, we did what, what the rules said to do, declare in October your intentions for this following summer. But uh, things changed over the next few, you know, a few months in the spring of 16 and they some things changed that, that made it difficult for us to get back in the, basically now for us to get back in the league they they we got to have their majority of their votes and okay. they don't want to do that so i can't fight it so yeah. just rise above it and continue conversations that don't seem to go anywhere each fall <laughs> and, and uh, bring and, in and, other clubs and you know play that kind of schedule and and you seem to be okay getting in clubs from the lower 48 yeah. it's not yeah yeah well we help them out you know, yeah. we help them out with a pro game and we put them up and put them around because it's a long haul. Yeah. But, you know, with our crowds and our promotion nights and and stuff it uh, we, you know, we make it work for them, too. And they're yeah. they're you know happy to be here. Yeah. I, how about the Savannah Bananas? You think they'll ever make a, a trip up there? Boy, I don't know. I've, I've been reading about them. I yeah. think I could probably learn a trick or two for, for what they are doing. I, but uh, that's really amazing what, what they've done there. And, you know, I've pick my brain i'm kind of a purist and you know that promotional side of the game isn't my strength but yeah uh we're doing more and more of it because you know i'd look at you know i go to the ballpark it's like half the fans it's like it's just it's just a happening it's you know it's it's just a small percentage that has to do with baseball you know you go to the beer garden it's like we're winning two to one in the sixth inning it's oh are we it's like (laughs) yeah you're absolutely right yeah and you're just enjoying themselves and having a good time and and we've got to make sure that you know we appeal to that too yeah so you said you get you get some good good crowds what's an average crowd like for a game at uh the ballpark we had a bunch of crowds in the you know seven to hundred to a thousand people you know we had a lot of that this last year uh the midnight sun game obviously you know puts it over three thousand but um we had some, you know, in the, easily in the 13, 1400 last year. So, and in our park, um, you know, which holds about, you know, a couple thousand before we, we, cause we bring in additional seating yes. for the midnight sun game. Uh, but on another night, I mean, you, the place is virtually full and you know, it makes for a great evening. Yeah. And then, like you said, you have to have a beer garden, you have to have certain foods, uh, what kind of promote, what kind of the, what kind of foods would I find there? Your basic ballpark food or yeah. do you guys do anything silly or crazy? Yeah, like? No, no, we don't do no, anything silly. Just the basics. You, know, you do your basic ballpark park stuff. You know, you got your hamburgers, you got your hot yeah. dogs, you know, you got your ice cream, you got it. You better have your peanuts, you know? So I told the concession folks, I said, you better get on that. You know, I don't want to hear that there's a shortage or, you know, the truckers won't make it in with the peanuts because you better have your shelled peanuts or we're in trouble. You know, I tell you, there's some ballparks I got rid of peanuts and uh, their attitude was, well, it's minor league baseball. Uh, no one's really paying attention to the game. So easy. Oh, no, no, that'd be <laughs> not, worth not there. That's right up there with the hot dog. No, you got to have peanuts. No, I hear you. I, I was never a peanut and popcorn. Fan. Yeah. You hot dogs. Peanuts yeah. And popcorn. Yeah. No, no, I hear you there. I hear you there. Now the, the beer garden. Can I find some? Got to have little... a beer, yeah. Well, and you, and you know, you got to have a little access to some craft beers. And you know, the ladies got to have their, you know, seltzer water stuff. So there's all kinds of choices there now. So 
No, you got to you got to appeal to what people want. Exactly. It makes it, you know, I play a lot of adult kickball and I have a lot of guys that are drinking the, the alcoholic seltzers. They just, yeah, they just love them. And I still like, I'm not drinking that now I'm drinking it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this raspberry iced tea is kind of nice after yeah. uh, a seven inning kickball game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear you. I hear well, you there. 75 out and the sun's up. It's like, yeah, you gotta. Yeah. I tell you, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, my wife, she's the fan of the wine slushy or margarita slushies. You know, as long as <laughs> that's going on at the game, she's pretty satisfied that she's not a baseball fan. But no, it's a great, I mean, it's just, yeah, three hours and the sun's up and it's beautiful and there's, and your friends are there and yeah, it becomes a happening for sure. I hear you. I definitely hear you. Now, one thing I didn't know is that you guys came up uh, with a new logo last year. I think. I saw the logo. I, I commented on that in the email. I told my buddy Ed Rivera of the Dad Hat Chronicles. I said, "Hey, have you seen this logo?" And he's like, "Yeah, I got a cap of it." So, <laughs> so what? When did that? So that logo was released. Talking about last the year? banner, the cartoon yeah, the, kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, the cartoon. Uh, yeah, that came out uh, about a year ago. Um, <clears throat> we got with somebody that responded to a need that we had, and we just sort of. He just sort of started throwing out some ideas, uh, you know, on an old sourdough thing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, let's put a, see if you can put him feeling the baseball. And then, you know, we kind of kicked around, wow, put it, have him feeling the baseball with a gold pan. I mean, it's, so it just sort of ties in with us, you know, and he, he got to have the big long beard and the, oh, definitely. Uh, missing a tooth and all those kind of things. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. I like, okay, I've always seen what you're wearing right now. Uh, for those of you who are listening. Yeah, uh, this the, logo, we, we're never going to mess with that, though. Yeah, that's that's the classic star with the 49 as Alaska's the 49th state. Yeah, simple. A lot of people beautiful. don't know that. They all ask us that. Oh, they do. They actually ask. Oh, you yeah. That. Yeah. Why 49? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting them down. It's just it, it, you it's know what? obvious to a lot of people why that is. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been there before. I mean. You know, oh, why is Hawaii Five O called Hawaii? Oh, the fiftieth state. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I'll, I'll be out from New Jersey. I, I don't think we would. I think Alaska, Hawaii, are those two states that like to tout their their numbers yes. out there. I have no idea who forty eight is. I have no idea. You know, I I want to say Arizona, but I'm not even one hundred percent sure <laughs> on that. But too risky to guess. Yeah, too risky. But I, I think if you're Alaska, Hawaii, you can throw those numbers yeah, we'll out. So. So it just um, so in terms of people visiting the Midnight Sun game, you, you see you get people from all over the world. Yeah, we do. Have yeah. there been any countries you're like shocked, like, oh, my God, you came out here for this? Like, um, no, nothing really shocks us. I mean, but definitely, you know, the countries of Europe, Australia will yeah. be here. Certainly Canada um, is going to be here. So uh, we had some folks here, sort of a film crew from the Soviet Union um, about four years ago. So. Uh, one of the nicest things we had was, and um, I think it was 2019, people from the, the play ball, Major League Baseball brought their play ball event here. Um, and that was kind of a, you know, it was a shot. There were some people here from the, you know, from the front office of Major League Baseball. It was really cool. Definitely. And then players, you know, I, I'm looking at some of your alumni. I mean, we're talking about all-time greats. We had Tom Seaver, <laughs> Dave Winfield. Barry Bonds, we, we've had yep. uh, uh, Spaceman Lee, Jason Giambi. I mean, how do you get your – I mean, where do most of your players come from? 
Um, we stick primarily to the West Coast because that's where our coaching staff is mm-hmm. from. But really, it can it typically, you know, but it can come from anywhere. Um, you know, back in the the days, we were, you know, we were the pinnacle of summer college baseball, and then shortly thereafter, the Cape Cod League kind of came up. But mm. when I got here in the early '80s, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it, it was as good a league as it could get. And guys yeah. are always looking to play somewhere in the summer. So, yeah, I mean, right now you've got, you know, David Fletcher with the angels uh, came through here. Uh, Alex Vesia is in the bullpen with the Dodgers. Uh, he was here in 17. Um, so there's, there's other guys that are, you know, making their way up. Mm, I know. And what do, what do most players think about uh, Fairbanks when they're up there? They really don't know what to think until they get here. And then it's like, you know, I could go to a lot of places around the country, but I'm not going to, when, how often am I going to get a chance to play in Alaska? If I'm going to pursue this baseball thing and then get into professional baseball, there's no minor leagues in Alaska. So this is my opportunity to go do this. Uh, and they, they love it. They love the fact that they can, um, you know, especially how much the sun is up uh, and the weather's nice. Um, they just love it. And, you know, we try to roll out the red carpet for them a little bit, you know, the summer families, that put them up or it's kind of the backbone of the organization, you know, and those build some great relationships. Um, and then they, you know, we got to have enough off days so that they can see the state a little bit and get out. You know, they're constantly asking, when am I going to see a moose? Am I, yeah. I going to get to see a moose, you know, and, or drop a line in and go fishing, uh, you know, or the famous, famous Chena river, or, you know, go to Denali park and mm. do that. So there's, you know, we, we try to make sure that they, they enjoy that aspect of it, which is, which in many cases is more builds more memories than, than the baseball side of it. Yeah. You might as well take advantage when you're up there. Cause mm-hmm. it's uh, it, I, for what I was told when I was in Seattle numerous times, uh, I talked to a gentleman up there. He's like, Alaska is just like Seattle without the people, <laughs> you know, I hate Seattle. I hate this part of the country, Alaska. <laughs> Cause I mean, I heard you could drive out a high, highway for two hours and not see anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can, um, especially in 2020. Oh. <laughs> All the Alaskans enjoyed the state. It's kind of like there's not nearly as many tourists around. That's, we got to make sure that we enjoy this state, too. But, um, yeah, Seattle's changed. I used to enjoy Seattle quite a bit, not as much as I used to. But, um, you know, that, that can be a nice town. Um, but, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to be up here, for sure. Oh, oh, definitely. And you said you arrived up there in 1980. The plan wasn't to stay in Fairbanks, was it? What it was, it's, I actually came up with a different team, and this isn't a joke. It was called the North Pole Knicks. There is a town outside of Fairbanks, about 14 miles outside of Fairbanks, called North Pole, and they play it up. I mean, the the the, the light poles are candy cane color. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's all about Santa Claus. There's a Santa Claus house and the whole thing. And <clears throat> the back in 1980, the gold panners weren't getting along with some teams in the South area of the state and said, well, we'll just start another club up here. So the Panthers had a lot to do with the Knicks. And I'll tell you, we were as good as, as anybody. Um, once we got into the middle eighties, um, we had, um, Mark Grace and Todd Zeal and, uh, Eric Caros and Luis Gonzalez and Steve Finley. And <laughs> we were, uh, big we names. were button heads with the goal Panthers too. So, that's uh that's what brought me up here and and the team stuck around for about eight years and and then uh, um it was it was time for me to to make some money and uh, okay. 
because it was tough in the eighties to do that. The Panthers had all the tradition. They, they hung in there, but I had to get into, I got into the automobile business for 35 years and it started in a, it, it started at a much um, higher capacity of working and management yeah. start. And I had to just, I had to put aside, it was not something I really enjoyed doing, but so I kind of came back full circle and I turned 60 a few years ago and, and came back to, you know, help the Panthers try to get back to the, some of those glory days. Um, so I jumped in in 2016. Okay. Now well, you saw my blood. See, can you see behind me here? So <clears throat> my dad was a, my dad was a major leaguer. Okay. Uh, famous, and, uh, yeah. I'm looking at uh, the Yankee famous Bobby Thompson. Uh, New York Giants. So this is when the Giants were in uh, New York. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. My dad. He played on the 51 Bobby Thompson, the famous home run team. Oh, there it is. Yeah. You know, I actually have a, a picture of Bobby Thompson hit that home run signed by him and Ralph Branca. So, yeah. And that's actually the scene around home plate. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah you're right. The mob scene where. So yeah. your, father, your father was on the 51 team. My dad, yeah, started there in 47 and played through 51 and. And yeah, then he um, was in the minor leagues after that. But yeah, nice. it's uh, yeah. And then you see him directly behind me up at the top there with him and Bobby Thompson. So, but yeah, you can imagine growing up that I might have an interest in baseball, Mark. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I like I grew up with a dad from Costa Rica. He has no idea what baseball is. <laughs> I, soccer. He's all about soccer. Watch a World Cup, watch a qualifying play. We get into it, but watching baseball, it's like, yeah. <laughs> he, he used to live in San Francisco. This is a funny story. It's something he just told me. He's 92 years old. Uh, something he told me the other day. We're watching uh, the playoffs. Uh, there was a few months, I guess, a f- few weeks ago by now. Uh, he asked me, the San Francisco 49ers still play at Kizar Stadium. <laughs> I'm like, they haven't played there since 1970. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah I, I went to a game there when I was in high school. And yeah. I'm doing the math. And I'm like, man, you, you went to a game at Keysar to see the Niners before they joined the NFL. They were in the AAFC. Oh, geez. I'm like, good Lord. That's a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah, I went to a couple games. I just never, I didn't know what the heck was going on there. So yeah, American yeah. football and baseball. Uh, I did take them to a baseball game in uh, Hudson Valley Renegades. And yeah. we had a press pass and he was able to sit in the press box with the computer there was another gentleman his age, so he was talking to him. They gave out free coffee and cookies. He loved that. He really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, that, that was a yeah. fun game. But, yeah, your no, dad. I had I had, gone to Santa Clara and the Bears. So I was in San Jose and Santa Clara and in that Bay Area thing. So my dad, would we'd go to Candlestick, you know, a couple times a year, and he'd see his old friends, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm lucky enough to go in the clubhouse and see that. And and then in 80, I'd, I'd heard after when I got done with school that I heard the coach was going to Alaska to help coach this new team that was starting, like I said, the Knicks. So I came up in 80 and they saw something in me and said, Hey, you, you go home with this brand new club. The Panthers had all the personnel and the backing. And it's like, we need you to help this out. So they asked me to stick around. So I went home that winter, but I came back March of 81 and been here ever since. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's just amazing where your, your life takes you. It's, oh, geez. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I never thought I'd be out here in Indiana, but you know, here I am doing that. So yeah. where, where are you originally from then? I was born in LA and then okay. I was in, uh, um, 
uh, grade school days in the Sacramento area and then junior mm. high in the Livermore area. And then when I got into high school, it was, um, you know, San Jose and Santa Clara. So, okay. Now, now he, this, this is kind of odd. I'm actually writing an article for stadium journey on, uh, the Hughes stadium when they hosted the, uh, Sacramento Solons back in the seventies. Did you attend any of those games? No, that um, was after. No, before. I was born at fifty-seven, so I wouldn't have. Uh, no, just maybe attended some of my brothers' like Legion games and stuff. Okay, around okay. that area. But I think my dad, and um, I know he, I know he late in his career when he get into the middle fifties, it was like Hollywood stars. Yeah. Um, well, no, you know, no, this Chicago. this would have been in the seventies. No. Okay. All right. Yeah, just thought I'd take a guess. No, it was all. A, you know, it was all, you know, playing high school baseball myself yeah. and okay. uh, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I hear you there. So, uh, okay, well, let's, let's get back to uh, <laughs> the gold panders. What are, what do you, what are things you're doing right now to get ready for the season as it uh, approaches? Well, you get into the, the fall and that, and, and, you know, if we're going to play an independent schedule, then mm -hmm. I don't have 90% of my, of my schedule already handled by playing all the teams up here. So the big, push for me in the fall is, you know, work with the head coach to, to get a roster going uh, because it's amazing how fast now these colleges want to want to get done the placement of their players for the following summer. They want it done within like 30 days of getting back to school. Okay. So the recruiting happens fast and then it's a matter of just getting all the schedule and, and communicating teams that have been up here before, see if they were interested in coming back. Um, you run into a contact with some new teams will contact you and, so you're just starting to put a schedule together. And, and so having the schedule together and a roster together now, now it's just a matter of going forward and, and, you know, get the marketing going, you know, raising the money, start mm -hmm. to get with the businesses. It's a hockey town. Um, so you look at them about baseball in December and, you know, they're not really thinking that. So when you get into late February and March, you can kind of get their attention about, you know, promotion nights and the billboard mm -hmm. ad and, you know, helping out with radio and, you know, some things like that. Yeah, no, well, that's, yeah, you do have to start. I'm sure the hockey clubs are, are trying to get sponsorships in uh, June as well. So, yeah, and, we've uh, got a really good junior hockey uh, program up here that does real good. We're actually, my wife and I are housing a couple of the kids and, uh, oh, nice. but hockey is, as you can imagine, is pretty big up here. I, yeah. And then we have that lady that was just doing the curling too, Vicki Persinger. Yeah. Uh, so she's, uh, she's going to throw out the first pitch at our midnight sun game, oh. uh, this year because, you know, yeah, definitely made a little name for herself on the, get that set curling up. So, Olympics. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I did a little bit of curling too. Uh, I think after the O2 Olympics, uh, my oh, buddy's yeah. like, yeah, let's, let's do some curling. And then I moved out here about a year later. So, uh, there is curling on and off in here at Indiana. It's like every time the Olympics show up, oh yeah, we're going to start a curling league then that just dies out. <laughs> well, it's it always a thing that a point of conversation at the ballpark, because you have our left field fence and then you have a street. And then on the other side of that is the curling club. And there's talk, you know, I, I swear 1970, you know, Dave Kingman hit one on top of the, you know, oh, so Dave Kingman. Kingman and Winfield are the two guys that are, are talked about and, and whether or not you could get back to the people that actually saw it or just heard about it is yeah. another conversation. Now, now, do you ever get any of the former players like Winfield or Kigman out for the Midnight Sun game or? Yeah, we have. Um, um, we've had players up here before. You know, we've had Ferguson Jenkins up here. Obviously, we've had goal panners that have come yeah. back here. I've been working pretty hard. One of the first 
players that I met from the Panthers when I was here my first summer in 80 was Harold Reynolds. Um, so I've been yep. trying to get, because both those guys from MLB tonight, uh, Harold Reynolds and Dan Plezak were here. Harold was an 80 and Plezak was an 81. And Plezak was a winning pitcher of the Midnight Sun game yeah. in 81. So trying to get them to do their, do their baseball tonight up here for a, a night or two, but it's it just makes still sense. working on that one. No, sure. it makes it makes sense, especially from uh, you know, I mean, you, I mean, the alumni you get, the alumnus you guys have, or the alumni you guys have would be the proper term is pretty, pretty amazing. You know, even if you're not a Hall of Famer, I mean, Dave, Dave Kegman, that was like my brother's favorite player growing up, and uh, oh yeah, you know, you you heard yeah, stories. Of, I mean, I'm a Bill Mets Lee. fan. Yeah, I'm a big Mets Bill fan. Bill Lee actually pitched in the game in 2008. Uh, he's such a competitor. I don't know if he still does, but you know, 14 years ago, he was still playing. Oh yeah. Uh, competitive baseball is just amazing. Um, and he actually was the winning pitcher that year. He just pitched tremendously. Yeah. He was so upset because he had to come out of the game. Although I don't know that he wanted to, I don't know if he's more upset with himself or whatever, but uh, he had, there was a couple people on in like the sixth or seventh inning and, but he ended up holding the lead and getting the win, but boy, what a competitive guy. What a crazy spaceman. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These are guys that you grew up watching and you're like, man, I can go mm -hmm. watch him again. Uh, that that's truly is something nice. And uh, I guess what the heck was I going to ask? It's um, it, the in, obviously being an independent team. Are these some of the rules you can have? You can have a retired major league player on your club. You can, we try not to push that too yeah. much, but we, we could. Yeah. So you, mo you mostly have college players and no former. No, amateurs. we don't. Okay. No, we don't. Um, I, I just, we like to not, yeah. not do that. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of organizations do. And sometimes we'll get into tournaments, you know, and play and it's still semi-pro, but you'll get some guy that just got released, you know, a couple, yeah. a month ago out of AAA and you're facing him and, you know, he's pretty competitive. So. Well, no, no, I hear it. Cause I went, uh, I went to see some games in Minnesota for their town ball uh, league. And these are just local guys that live in the town that play. Every now and then, though, some guy who has minor league experience shows up. <laughs> you can just mm -hmm. see that divide. Uh, some of the yeah, games, yeah, some of the guys are in their, you know, my age, mid 40s, early 50s, still playing. And then mm -hmm. you got some cat who's about 32 years old, just, mm -hmm. you know, came, came from an independent club somewhere yeah. in the uh, East Coast. Yeah, like, you see the difference between 82 and 92. And yeah, I was oh, like, you, li oh, you live in uh, Chaska, Minnesota? I never saw you. <laughs> how'd you get here? How'd you, how'd you do that? Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, that's how guys are. We're competitive. Adult kickball. If I, if I could bring in a former Olympian or major league baseball player with some experience, I'll do the same thing. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure they can adapt pretty All well. The fans would come out too. Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, well, nice. I'll tell you that you know, I learned a few things today. I didn't know you guys are independent. I guess I probably should have looked that up. It's all right. Uh, but I guess my last question is uh, your ballpark. Uh, what can you tell me about the experience there, maybe on a non midnight sun game? Like what the, the experience somebody would get, we talked about the beer garden, but is it um, how the neighborhood is around it, the scenery, all that jazz. There's a lot of baseball around it. There's, there's a kind of a multi-purpose arena around it where there's college hockey and that, but there's, there's youth baseball, you know, on one corner, there's, um, 
you know, kind of a Babe Ruth level, you know, 13 to 15 level beyond right field fence. And then over past this parking lot, there's another one that where American Legion games are going on. So there's a lot of baseball right in that area um, throughout the summer. On a promotion night, which is the vast majority of our games, you know, you're going to come in the ticket booth and, and, you know, right away, you're going to see somebody might be handing you, you know, a baseball or a souvenir or a, something that, you know, has their logo on it or, hey, this is something you can get a player to sign, you know, after the game or wherever. We let the fans on the field after the game and players sign oh, autographs nice. and things like that. Uh, but you're going to see the, you know, the concession stand pretty quick and then you're going to make your way up into the stadium uh, that we've worked on. It's an older ballpark. It gets back to the, you know, early 60s. Okay. But we've done a lot to upgrade it. Uh, we look to and hopefully we'll have some new turf uh, after this summer in August because uh, that turf goes back to 86. Um, so that's been there a long wow. time. And yeah, so, you know, just uh, uh, 86. Yeah, I mean, we put in some, you know, um, 96 new seats last year that sit above the box seats that uh, needed to be done. That they were kind of old and ripped out about five years ago. And um, so we put those in and, you know, the, the there's tons of great seating um, and you, you're going to, you're going to have a great view of the ballpark, no matter where you're sitting. Okay. Um, and the players are real accessible. You know, a lot of time you just walk right up to them and talk to them, you know, in the middle of an inning, cause they're just like sitting outside their dugout and turn around and just, so it's very, uh, very great atmosphere that way. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing that sometimes you miss at minor league ballparks, even at the triple a level, it's just that accessibility, uh, to, uh, you know, meet and greet these players. And, you know, if you're a little kid, you get an autograph, even if you talk to somebody that that's a big thing. I mean, that's, Oh, they're happy to do it. Yeah. Catch a foul ball and pass it right through the fence and see if you can get a quick one in and that kind of stuff. And then you got, you know, as we talked about, you got the beer garden going and you got your box seat holders and you got your general admission tickets and it's, uh, uh, makes for a fun night. All right. Now I assume you guys sell Alaskan brewing products up there oh yeah yeah okay. we do the, the the national stuff too but then you know you're gonna have there's some local stuff that we try to add to the to the flavor mix too yeah because i i cannot get alaska beer products down here except if i go to chicago which is about oh, okay. a three-hour drive from here which i have family up there so it's not the end of the world but it's uh <laughs> they, they make a couple products that i really enjoy and uh it's uh just envisioning myself at a game there. So last question, if I can't make it to the midnight sun game, what, what other night is a special night to, to see a game or what There's would all you kinds recommend? Of different promotions? Um, so it depends on the know, promotion. We'll have some, yeah. We'll do a little, you know, there'll be a night where we'll let the military in free. Uh, there'll be, um, you know, the, the businesses help us a ton. Uh, the businesses help us a ton and there's, there's tickets around town, for them, you know, you might have like a Safeway night or something like that. And then a lot of times the, the sponsor will do more than just, um, you know, have you come into the gate. They'll, they'll, they'll be uh, door prizes uh, that are drawn throughout the night. We have a lot of fun with our public address um, and have some fun that way too. So it's just try to make it as great atmosphere, you know, as we talked about. It's because a lot of people, it's, you know, it's baseball, but it's a lot of, you know, something's happening around town. And it's, it's two and a half to three hours of, of some good, good enjoyment. So yeah, well we make it that way. You, you sold me. It sounds like a lot of fun to uh, check out a game in Alaska. And then you get to see the beautiful scenery on top of that. So win-win. Oh, yeah. sure. All right. 
All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, John. Where can uh, our listeners find you online or social media? Yeah, just goldpanners.com. Uh, if you'll if you'll search, you know, real gold panners, I think is Twitter, obviously Facebook, but but you'll see us, you know, just gold panners or Alaska gold panners and you'll yeah. find us. Yeah, it's not hard at all. All right. Well, John, I appreciate the time and uh, enjoy all that snow you have in back right now. There's this giant snow drift looking out the window there. I don't envy you. So no, right off our website too. We've got <laughs> stuff. We've got hats and t-shirts and hoodies and, and jerseys and, and all kinds of that kind of stuff. I, I'm telling you, I, I should probably get a hat. Cause I think if I wore that, I would probably bump into somebody that would say, Oh yeah, that's a gold panners caps. So. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some with our caricature on it, or you can do the more traditional. Yeah. R49. Like they call this a dad hat. It's the dad kind of hat. Less, less of a, yeah. Uh, you know, so the players will wear something with a little bit more of a, you know, presence in front. So yeah, see, I'm not a dad hat guy. Ed Rivera is a dad hat guy. So I don't know if he has that in his collection. He might knowing him. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, John, thank you for coming on and uh, best of luck. Me, Mark very much. Great talking to you. All right. Take care. All right. You too. All right. That was John Lorkey, John Lorkey of the Alaska gold panners of Fairbanks. Uh, I didn't realize they had that independent schedule. I, I thought they played teams in, Anchorage and all over the state, the great state of Alaska. Uh, but things are done a little differently. So they again, good for them. They, they seem to be making, uh, doing quite well. They, John was telling me they have tournaments in British Columbia, Salt Lake City, Wichita, Seattle. So they're pretty busy. They are pretty busy. And the list of people that have played there, even current players in the major leagues, uh, it's it's quite impressive. I mean, Aaron Judge did not play for the Panthers, but he did play up in Alaska. So Alaska, who who knew? Who knew? Who knew? So, hey guys, uh, thank you once again for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. If you've ever been to the Midnight Sun game, let me know. Uh, there is an article that I wrote on Stadium Journey because I am a contributor on the website. Uh, there were not my pictures. They were pictures of a friend of mine who happened to go there to see a game. And uh, she loved it. And who wouldn't love hanging out, drinking an Alaskan Amber? I don't know, 12 o'clock at night. No need for lights. Be a beautiful thing. It'd be it's one of those surreal experiences. And, ooh, looking into flights to Alaska now. So, like I said, we just have to make sure we have a car there. Uh, that's one state you don't want uh, not to have any kind of uh, transportation and it's, it's not New York city. So that's it guys. That's all I have to say. Uh, thank you once again for checking this out and listening. Uh, make sure you share with friends, check me out at ballpark hunter on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can read my articles on stadium journey. Uh, there's uh, some good stuff on there as well. So till next time guys. Be safe. We'll see you at the ballpark. Adios.